Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas and welcome to Film Fandango! The film podcast. I'm David Reed, and with me as ever is my happy little elf, Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Oh, hello. <laughs> You're alright. But it's not you haven't got just one elf working for you this Christmas, Father David. No, I've got another one. It's only bloody Danielle Ward. Hello, hello Danielle. When you first started that intro, I thought you were doing an impression of Hermes from Futurama. What, a Jamaican accent? A very poor Jamaican accent. Bit Jamaican. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! That's Nigerian. Is it? Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! <laughs> it is Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, then. You we, know that Hermes Conrad... A bit of movie trivia for it. You, Hermes Conrad from Futurama, is uh, the young lad who gets his head blown off in Pulp Fiction. Who gets his head blown off in the back of the car. Really? There you go. Marvin? Yeah, it's Marvin. All the... Accents from around the world saying Merry Christmas, otherwise you're racist. Okay, sure. Which one do you want to do next? Chinese. Okay, off you go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Now I quote Yeah, I mean... I mean, that was really pushing the envelope. going to be getting emails from Margaret Cho about that. She, she's Japanese. N- no, but you know... <laughs> she doesn't like it when she people like impersonate. She doesn't like people do yellow face no, or right. yellow tongue. I wasn't doing that. Yellow tongue. I was doing. I wasn't doing a Chinese. I was doing a, an Englishman. He's brought up in China who had a t- who had a tongue injury, where he it, with he, he did with a, sh- a shop. Well, chop, that, that was stick. coming across. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, are we all looking forward to Christmas? It, Christmas time is a time. This is Christmas te- Day. This is, this this is, is Christmas, Christmas Day. Most of the population in the world are listening to this, eating their turkey. It's That's right. Christmas Day in the morning. And, and in the evening, and luckily. The... I mean, the Christmas evening is all about crowding around the television and watching uh, Christmas films. Or uh, watching the rubbish Christmas Doctor Who. That's true. The rubbish Christmas Doctor Who. Now, that's a tradition, yeah. isn't it? The rubbish Christmas Doctor Who. It's like normal rubbish Doctor Who, but with snow in it. Um, yeah, it's good. And there's the usual Christmas films like Die Hard or a James Bond, maybe or uh, Jurassic Park, big blockbusters. What are the new ones that have become traditions? Have any managed to get onto the list? Love Actually. Yeah. Is that always on at Christmas? It's yes. on. It's, it's on. It's been, I've watched it already. I'm watching it. In I, your head right I, now. <laughs> I watched it on Tuesday evening. It's one of my... I, I like a good rom-com, rom-com and it's, it's, you know exactly what you're getting. And you know I Mark enjoy it. It's got Christmas songs in it, hasn't it? Christmas Baby Please Come Home's in it. Yes. Quite dominantly. Opening song of Gremlins, I guess. Yeah. Um, what are the... Yeah, modern Christmas films. Is that... Is Elf? Elf, I've you're right. Elf's made it in, hasn't it? Elf. Elf's made it in. Krampus, everyone's favourite. Krampus. Oh, Krampus. Pass me the ibuprofen. Yeah. Home Alone. Now, I know it's Christmas Day and we're all gathered round the crackling... Zoom to record this podcast. <laughs> That's right. But on Christmas Eve, what I like to do, what I'll be doing this year, what I did this, what I did yesterday on Christmas Eve, yeah, is um, a bottle of Carver and Gone with the Wind. Right. It's on Channel Five. It was on Channel Five yesterday. It was on Channel Five yesterday on Christmas Eve. Well, it's my brother's birthday on Christmas Eve. Who, uh, my brother, uh, 
Wolfsball's MVP 2015. John John Reed. John Reed. It's his birthday, so we're not allowed to be Christmassy until Christmas Day, really. Yeah. Really. Every year. Every yeah. single year it's his birthday. Selfish. And it's my niece's birthday on Christmas Day. We have the worst family. <laughs> It's not fair. They ruin Christmas. People ruin Christmas. Speaking of ruining Christmas, would you two like to play a lovely Christmas game? Uh, which our listeners can play uh, along with at home. Is yes. It spin the dreidel on the dog's cock. <laughs> That's right. Spin the dreidel on the dog's cock. What's a dreidel? Cock. Dreidel is a Jewish clay <laughs> child's a toy. Thing. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm all inclusive. Well, as our regular listeners uh, may be aware, we have a Christmas game we like to play where I read um, the description of a film from the Christmas Radio Times. And uh, our contestants this week, who will be Marek Larwood and Danielle Ward, um, have to try and guess what the film is. Uh, we're going to do... Um, taking turns. Taking yeah. turns. So let's, let's three start. Each. Three each. Very well. Marit Larwood, would you, would you like to go first? Yes, I would, please. Can you please pick a, a date uh, from, like, the 24th to the 30th the of December? The 27th. The 27th. Mm. No Man's Land. Yeah. No Man's Land. And it's a Sunday this year. Which is good. Yeah. Very well. The 27th, anyway. the 27th. Let me find a film. The light in here is quite poor. <laughs> Let me put a log on the Christmas fire. <laughs> oh, thank you for that, Marit. Uh... Okay. Drama starring blank, blank, and blank. David and Diana meet a millionaire who offers a million dollars to spend one night with blank. Indecent. Uh, it's the it's the one with Woody Harrelson and um. Is it indecent proposals? Not Correct. Correct. One yes. point. Danielle, pick a date, please. Um, I'll go for New Year's Eve, thirty first. Thirty first. 31st New Year's One million dollars is not much anymore, is it? I wonder if they... Couldn't buy a house with that. I wonder what the indecent proposal fee would be now, what the inflation's been. I think... um, When did it come out, that film? I think sex has gone so far the other way, he would say to Demi Moore, I'll have sex with you, but you have to chip in. Yeah. It'll probably be book tokens. Yeah. You'll get a book, you'll get a cinema, you'll get some nectar points. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you whatever's in my nectar card if you let me touch your knockers. (laughs) Okay, this is a, probably an equally easy one, if oh, not okay. um, easier. Crime thriller Ooh. starring blank and blank. Yeah. Veteran detective... I'll, I'm going to blank the uh, character names, yeah, actually, from now idea. on. Veteran detective blank and his new partner, rookie blank, discover alarming evidence that links two gruesome murders. A serial killer is working his way through the seven deadly sins. <laughs> And there are five more brutal killings to come. I got it with seven even. I got it from when you said rookie. Seven, seven is correct. It said seven in the title. It did say seven this in the pointless. title. You might as well just say the film's called well, Seven. I'm going to find harder ones from now on. You've got one point each. Marek, Marek, what date would you like? Christmas Day. Please. Christmas Day. He's going for the big today. one. Today. I want to read what's, one out. What's on today? Yeah, what's on today? Christmas Day in the morning. Christmas and Day. And the evening. Um, and the afternoon. Okay. Action thriller, yeah. starring blank and blank. A disaffected war hero threatens to destroy San Francisco. <gasps> I know what it is. Um, something. Uh, San Andreas. Can I have a guess? Can I have a guess? San Andreas Turd. <laughs> is that your final answer? No, something San Andreas. The man... <laughs> Or is it Dirty Harry? Dirty Harry 2? Incorrect. Uh, Danielle? The Rock! It is The it's Rock. It's The Rock! It's The Rock. Oh, I never really wa- I watched that a long time ago when I had brain damage. <laughs> okay, Danielle, uh, you pick a date, please. Um, I'm going to go back in time mm. to uh, the 23rd of December. I don't know if it goes that far. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. It does. Good. Okay. Do you remember the 23rd of December, Marek? Two days ago. 23rd. That's great. R.I.P. Eh? R.I.P. Marcus Brickstock. Well, she's a, we, we've pre-recorded this, so it'd be weird if we actually maybe we'd get killed in them before it comes out. Happy Christmas. <laughs> okay. Music documentary drama. Yes. As the Swedish superstars tour Australia, performing many of their greatest hits. 
a Sydney disc jockey tries desperately to secure an interview with them. This is a That's film? Hard. Yeah, it's really hard. But you could probably guess the title. I know what the band is. Well, it's about ABBA. So what would you call a oh, film Whoa, 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 that's enough, please. I'd call it Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, well, that's a better title than the <laughs> real one. really good. Which is ABBA the movie. Oh. So that's one apiece. This is for, this is for the prize. 28th, please. The 28th, Marek. Absolutely Fabulous. <laughs> that would be really good. Yeah. It would. Okay, let's see. What have Almost we as good as the bumming man. <laughs> you sound tired, Marek. Well, I'm tired of life. Happy Christmas! <laughs> <laughs> okay. These are all so easy to get. Um, right, what about this one? Animated comedy adventure sequel with Blank as the voice of martial arts master Blank. In order to stop the plot of evil Blank, Blank must embark on a journey to discover the truth about his childhood. Kung Fu Panda 2. Correct! Oh. Kung Fu Panda 2, my ass is still wet. <laughs> is that the subtitle? No, no I, won't, I won't go for that one. Oh, okay. Danielle, this is for... Uh, we'll go to a tiebreaker if you get this correct. Oh, gosh. January the 2nd. January the 2nd. Boring, isn't it? Yeah, Every extra January the 2nd. Not many good films on. Slightly less Christmassy films. You might get Mary Poppins if you're lucky. It'd be great if it's a film I've heard of as well. Unlike Abba the movie. Yeah, I'm sorry, that was the hardest one yet. It doesn't go to January the 2nd, you can have January, January the 1st. New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Mary Poppins, is this? Okay. Probably with Mary Poppins, isn't it? Okay. All the great Toy Story. Okay. There's a lot of good ones on here. I should have just been using this the entire time. Oh. Um, right. Science fiction mm-hmm. action thriller <gasps> produced by J.J. Abrams. Oh. Creator of TV series Lost, starring Blank... And blank. That's hard, actually. That's I know pretty it. hard. You're that's go not a description it. of the film. That's what it. That's what. You, well, take it up with the Radio Times. Oh well, I don't know what films he's made. That's a sci-fi action thriller that he produced. Okay, I can give you one more piece of information. Okay. It got three stars in Fuck the Radio off. Times. That means nothing, Andrew Collins. And is on at nine p.m. on oh, what channel? I don't really know. On watch. Afraid you've lost. There's also a subtitle to a photo, actually. What's that? A group of friends are thrown into panic. Is it the watch? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Super A? No. Cloverfield is the answer. So Marek is the winner of the Christmas game. Happy Christmas, round one. And your prize, Marek? I'm going to do one for you. A copy of the Radio Times. I'm going to do one for you, David. Oh, right. I'm going to... Oh, okay. Are you going to do... It's not the Christmas system. No, it's Just not. Just one, one tiebreaker, one tiebreaker. Play my... along at home, see if you can enjoy it. Who gets it first? See if you can enjoy it. <laughs> Let's see who gets it. It's a challenge for you, a little Christmas challenge. See if you can enjoy this. Let's see who gets it. Okay, this is for... Are we buzzing in? Yeah, buzzing. Competitive. Romantic horror fantasy. Blank and blank finally marry, but when she becomes pregnant, it sets up a devastating and very bloody chain of events. Beep. Rosemary's baby. No. Uh... Beep. Yeah. Um, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part One. Yes. Yeah. It's not comedy, is it? Is it a comedy? <laughs> no, it's oh, you've won. You've won, and then you can have a prize. Well, that's up then. Oh, oh Christmas! Is... Merry Christmas, everyone. I should have said at the beginning we're going to talk about Star Wars in the second half of this. It will contain spoilers, and so Danielle's going to leave for that bit because and... I'm. Of boredom, not because I care. And you can leave as well. Uh, You listeners should turn off if you've not seen Star Wars, because we're going to talk about it. If you don't care about it, Um, we will be talking about that. But first, (laughs) that's right, buddy. But first, we have some letters. Marek, who's been uh, writing in? Well, first of all, let's play our letters jingle, which goes in here. Someone writing to our Facebook page. Okay, unorthodox, but uh, acceptable. Yeah. It, 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 which, um, hello, Marek, David, and Buddy. I'm still loving the podcast and been working my way through all the old episodes. I'm listening to episode 112 while writing this. That's over 100 episodes ago. I've just listened to 213, 2013. <laughs> 
Christmas special, with it being nearly Christmas in real life too, I wanted to make a recommendation to you. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn, directed by Oscar winner Ella Kazan, famous for On the Waterfront, A Street Made Name Desire, East of Eden and several other really good films. It's from 1945, and although not an out-and-out Christmas film, I do think it's a perfect film for the season. Uh, it stars Dorothy McGuire, James Blondell and James Dunn, but the main performance by incredibly talented Peggy Ann Garner, who was 12 when the film was made, is my favourite child performance in any film. Wow. wow. I mean, that's a claim. That's I won't claim. say more about it, but please give it a try. Let me know what you think. Here's a link. You can watch it on... Maybe you put it into YouTube. I'm not saying if it's the right thing to do or not, but that's what I did. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn from 1945. I watched it. Is it good? I never heard about it before. I've never heard. How was it? I really enjoyed it. I do think as well that Peggy Ann Garner does do one of the greatest of her kids' performances of being sweet and naive, but without you wanting to punch her in the face. Better than a little girl in Monsters, Inc. Mm, yeah. I hate Boo. her. Do you? Yeah. You didn't like Boo? I think that girl's a little bit behind where she should be for that age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're probably right there, actually. She could walk, but was a bit of an idiot. This is about this is a story. Uh, a tree grows in Brooklyn about a family who live in a sort of poor tenement block, and the father's clearly an alcoholic, but it's never really mentioned that he comes back. He doesn't come back, and the girl sort of really loves her dad, and the mother's getting a bit pissed off with him. He sort of comes back having fun. He doesn't come back like, oh, "I love you, I love you, but I need to have a shit in a sink." He doesn't do that. He was always sort of telling, being completely coherent because the idea of being drunk on on film was different then yeah mm. um, and when's quite, it from 1945 oh wow okay it's really bleak in what happens in it uh, but really enjoyable it sort of touches on it's a bit Christmassy in places but it doesn't have that you know you think American films have got that feel good ending and that feel it feels yeah. like it's that feel good film but without having any real feel good ending and having really horrible moments in it that are quite depressing in more real life so you're expecting a different film in your head because you hear the Christmas music and these kids being really sweet. Yeah. It's really worth a watch. I've never, ever heard of it before. So thank you very much for recommending A Tree in Brooklyn. Oh, if you want okay. to watch something different, a black and white film, which is quite Christmassy, but also, you know, more realistic. In fact, it's quite depressing. Then why not watch that? I'll tell you what I started watching the other day. Christmas film with Michael Caine in it. Jaws for the Revenge. That's a Christmas film. <laughs> yeah. Set, a, set on Christmas Eve. Brody's son gets eaten on Christmas Eve and they all fly to the Bahamas. Oh. What happened to his presents then? <laughs> I think... I think. They go to the government, Mama, I think. Mama Brody... Um, Mama Brody. She throws them into the she sea. She throws them into the sea, yeah. Flush them down the toilet. They'll find that again. In them. anger. Yeah. Um, is it better or worse than Muppet Christmas Carol, the other Michael Caine Christmas film? Oh, it's a, a bit worse. I, I, um, I saw um, A Very Murray Christmas. The uh, the Christmas special made with uh, Sophia Coppola, starring Bill Murray, that's been made for oh, so Netflix. Talked about last week, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. They talked about well, they watched the first ten minutes and hated it, so turned it off. The first ten, it, it's it is it takes a bit of getting used to. It's very gentle and slow, and you have to sort of know what a, one of these Christmas specials is normally. And it's because people around the piano singing songs, basically, and they've done one of those with a through line narrative, and it is. By the end, it is very charming and it's gentle, and you could you could sit late on Christmas Day quite drunk and watch it quite happily as you watch people do it. I quite enjoyed it by the end. Um, okay, yeah, so it's what, worth what, a look at. Watch it. We've got another letter about Christmas films. Oh. Who likes reading? I'll read. Have a go. At the, at the bottom, it says how you should read it out. Okay. P.S. If you read this out, how are doing, voice? So- is it reading the Radio Times enough to find something to watch? I don't know. What? I don't know what, what voice have you got to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Should you we... need to tell our, <laughs> our audience what's Just happening. read to yourself. Pia, <laughs> if you read this out, how about doing a voice in the style of someone unenthusiastically reading the Radio Times in an effort to find something to watch? So, in a bored way. Oh, well, my normal voice. Dear Marek, Dave, Buddy and Santa... How did he know? Merry Christmas, happy Yuletide, and have a great Hogmanay and a happy new year. I'm sure Christmas films... No, see, someone reading out in a bored voice is boring. I'm going to make it really exciting. <laughs> well, go on then. No, 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 no,
Christmas films will come up and I'd like to mention the very old film I discovered completely by accident. One Christmas whilst I was idly looking for something to watch I had a film called Christmas Shoes. I can't on... understand what you're saying. <laughs> very fast and high. What's <laughs> the film called? Christmas Shoes. Christmas Shoes. Christmas Shoes. It's based upon a song of the same name. There are a few intertwining plots of festive favourite. And for some reason, Rob Lowe, he's a misogynist, agreed to be a major part in it. <laughs> they didn't say that. They didn't say that. You have to do that in your own voice. voice. Yeah. It's quite Fox News, a Republican Party and its politics. That's why Rob Lowe's in it. That's one of the... Ba- oh, he, he loves people loving guns. Oh, give them all guns. Give the kids guns. He give the dogs to, guns. He wants to close the borders, doesn't he, Rob Lowe? Um, as one of the bad guys in the film are environmentalists and union workers who Rob Lowe has to fight against in order to create jobs. Right, you're really selling me, Ewan. This isn't the strangest element. The key plot is that a little boy trying to get enough money to buy shoes for his mum. She's dying and he wants the foot. He wants the footwear so mummy can look pretty when she visits Jesus. Um, I'll be honest, you and the last person who needs shoes is someone who's dying. I mention this film only to ask a question: Which films have you found yourselves watching simply because they were on over the festive period? Any accidental great discoveries? Love you and. <laughs> he didn't say love. He just said you and. Um, Poor Ewan, you ruined Ewan's letter. It's odd. It's odd having a right wing film, isn't it? That that feels strange because right crush the union, right wing and compassionate don't really go together, and films are often have sort of love and understanding at the, mm. the heart of their philosophy, rather than just like nothing wrong with making money. When I was younger, for Jesus, when I was younger and um, I enjoyed Christmas. Yes. I would, I loved when I was at university, I'd love watching all those crappy Christmas films that were on Channel 5. You know, like, um, Jane Doe remembers for Christmas, mm. and uh, Poppy's First Christmas. <laughs> <stuff like laughs> what happens in Poppy's First Christmas? Um, Poppy's First, is that Poppy? Is it's First Christmas? Oh, Poppy's First Christmas. Yeah, not Poppy. I thought, oh, he's Poppy. <laughs> no, and um, Christmas, Christmas Mummy Angel. He's a made up, aren't he? He's lying. <laughs> these are these are the sort. I'm giving you a flavour of the sort of films. Okay. I'd watch. I think it's hard to discover a uh, a hidden gem film over Christmas because they put on the big blockbusters, mm. don't they? They put on the greatest hits over Christmas. Though I did mention it earlier, I'd always thought that Gone with the Wind was going to be really boring. It's like four hours long, and I was very much like, this isn't. I mean, it's one of those films. That well, I've never watch. watched the whole thing. Neither have I. It's, I thought it was incredible. Mm. I absolutely loved it. You take a break because obviously it's too. <gasps> Listen, a murder on Christmas Day. It's <laughs> <laughs> too real, so you know there's a bit in the middle where um, there's a bit in the middle where there's a big sweeping statement, and you can tell that's where the reel ended, and there would probably be an intermission, and then the second reel starts. Mm. You take a little break there, you know, maybe nip out to the shops, make yourself a cup of tea, go. For I a like week. an interval in a film. Yeah, I like an interval. I in a watched film. Alien Resurrection at the cinema when I was in Malta on holiday. And very, uh, very nice, comfortable cinema with air conditioning. They had an intermission halfway through. It was, yeah, it was good. Because they're so packed now, cinemas. There's no space for you to go for the intermission. They don't want you to go. Also, you wouldn't get people interrupting by going to the loo down your row in the middle of the film if they knew there was an interval to do that. Yeah. Or if everybody sat on commodes. Mark commodes. (laughs) Mark commodes. Um, Um, So that's a film I discovered, but it's quite famous. It's quite well known, isn't it? Um, I haven't seen Santa Claus the movie in a long time, and I want to now. I've uh, set it to record on the Sky Plus. Oh, yeah. It's on either on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. Oh. Yesterday was the day, and I've re- I'm recording it so you can watch it when you get Excellent. home. Excellent. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, finally, um, Dan Rogers, it's only one line, so I'll just read it out. Sure. In the start of Winter Davis. I guys. It's basically. Rod Gilbert. <laughs> Tis the season to watch Christmas. Is it? He's Welsh, wasn't he? Yeah. Tis the season to watch Christmas movies. It's one of your favourite ones. Mine is a one. It's a wonderful life. I try and watch it once a year. Merry Christmas. We pretty much talked about that, but anyway, we have. But it's a wonderful life. I watched for the first time. I think it was last year, maybe two years ago, and it is brilliant. And it's really weirdly structured as well because it's nearly entirely Act One, and yeah. then the rest of the film happens in about twenty minutes. But it works. It's brilliant because you're totally invested in him and what happens. By the way, it's not his sort of supernatural adventure that's sort of an afterthought isn't yeah, it yeah yeah it's not about it's that about too. his actual life and you're totally invested in the reality of it by the time the supernatural thing happens it depends what mood I'm in for a Christmas film when I was doing my wrapping this year I watched Gremlins which I hadn't seen for ages 
I did have to go on the website Does the Dog Die because I was feeling very emotionally sensitive and I, I couldn't cope with the dog. I couldn't remember if the dog died or not in Gremlins. There's a website called Does the Dog Die? Yep, and you can put in a film title and it tells you if the dog dies in the film or not. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah, so I did that and it was fine. Yeah. The dog doesn't die in Gremlins, he just gets tied up in some lights. That's Rem- right, he does, doesn't yeah, he? And, and they, they then get him down and yeah, he's like, and he's fine, the dog's all right. No, because you can kill you say Gremlins. Gremlins, <laughs> yeah. You can kill old ladies, no problem, but you can't kill a dog in it. There should be more. Old lady deaths. Yeah. I, I love, my favourite bit in Gremlins is when they're in the bar and they've all got, they've all got distinct personalities like they babies. They do. Um, that bit's good. That's a good Christmas film. Oh, Gremlins. It's good. Yeah, I love actually like, because I, I grew up, they showed really bad animations on TV. So before Christ, Christmas Day, your parents would be getting the dinner ready so you'd be stuffing on the TV. Because you would be neglected, and they no one really wanted to speak to you. No one, your brothers didn't want to speak to you. No one wanted to speak to you. No one wants to speak to you. So they no had one really, to you. really bad seventies, eighties animations of sort of Oliver Twist or sort of quite Christmassy ones. Yeah. And the cartoons are really terrible, but they feel they're so there's such nostalgia. It's whatever you did when you were a kid that feels like that's Christmas. Yeah. Because it seemed like a longer period of time where and you were excited. So I think. That's almost stapled to my brain as a way of being. Yeah, my Christmas morning used to be when I was little. Noel's Christmas presents. Get oh, up. I cry every. every I've watched Noel's cry Christmas presents. I know it's not strictly a film, but I mean, <laughs> it's not strictly, but it's like a film. It's isn't like a it? film. They do it live from Television Centre from the BT Tower. Oh wow! And they're in different places. It wasn't from. It was either. It must be the BT Tower because it was. The BT Tower used to be this big place. That everything used to happen in, and now it's just ignored, isn't it? Yeah. Poor old BT Tower. They got rid of the uh, the revolving restaurant in it. You see that that killed it. Oh. Was there, there wasn't a revolving was. restaurant in BT Tower. That wasn't the Oxo Tower, wasn't it? No, not the Oxo Tower. No, no. Oxo Tower Tower's any, Square. We don't know anything. <laughs> anyway, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Right, we are going to uh, talk about Star Wars very briefly. So if you've not seen it, turn off now and never listen to this again. Never listen to this again. Burn your phone. And don't send, don't put any spoilers on the Facebook wall or anything. No, no. The people have been very good, actually, mm. about not spoiling it, by and large. I mean, you told me everything that happened. Yeah, but I asked you first. I said, do you care about spoilers? And you said no. And I said, it's fine. I don't care as long as you don't <laughs> tell me if anybody dies. You didn't say that <laughs> at all. At all. Oh, well, you're going um, to go and I'm going. have the turkey. Turn off now. Stop listening. Stop you're listening. You're going to have a turkey now. I'm going to go and have a little turkey lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the Queen's speech. Yeah, and then when you guys come through, the Christmas pudding will be on fire. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Happy Christmas, Danielle. Happy Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I'm doing this to cover me blowing my nose. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, right. Well, welcome to what I... Uh, tentatively calling Star Wars Spoiler Hour. We are going to spoiler things uh, after the count of five. Five. Don't, don't do it. Four. Three. No, don't two, do it. One. Finn worked in sanitation. There you go. There's a spoiler. <laughs> There's a spoiler for you. Um, now, Star Wars. Where did you see it, Marek, first and well, foremost? Now, here's my... I, my uh, watching of Star Wars is slightly skewed. I went to see it at the Picture House in Crouch End, now my favourite cinema. I had 3D glasses I took out of my drawer of uh, about three pairs of 3D glasses. I thought, I'm not going to pay for another pair. Yeah. I sat at the back. Some slightly annoying school children sat near me. Mm. Um, one of So there's two things that ruined it for me. The main one was, for some reason, and I don't know if anyone else has had this before, I had my 3D glasses on. Every time they moved... It felt really bad, the 3D, and it felt like it was going to make me sick to the point where I had to think, right, either I leave the cinema and try some new 3D glasses, which is going to wipe out, and then massive queues everywhere because Star Wars is on, everyone's trying to watch it, which means I'm going to miss 10, 15 minutes of the film. Yeah. Or I sit through the whole of Star Wars with one eye closed... (laughs) Because it's fine if I watch it out of one eye. I don't know why it's happening but with the 3D glasses. It was something to do with... Well, you, you don't get the 3D if you watch it out of one eye. You, you, you will only get one of the images. Yeah, so it wasn't blurred. Because if you take the glasses off, it's completely blurred. Well, because the lens is polarised. It's very boring. But they, uh, they're polarising lenses, so they will only see one of the images, depending on which one you yeah, look through. Yeah, so I had to take... And I had to 
it was so annoying sitting there with one eye closed. I folded up my paper receipt and put, tucked it into the glasses so that I had a weird eye patch. Okay, well, you basically watched the same version as me because uh, I went to a 2D show. With one eye. But also, uh, also, there's another, a boy, a, a teenage, you know, kids can't sit still. Yeah, yeah. And there's these new plastic holders where you know you put your drink in plastic holders. Yeah. And he was just, if I can do it, imagine how annoying this is with a cup uh, all the way through this. Yeah. Just playing with, just constantly oh, playing God. with it. I looked at him and went, no, can you sh-? And he was so engrossed in it, such an idiot child. Yeah. He didn't realise. How old was he? About like 14, 15. Oh, what a prick. So that ruined uh, uh, my enjoyment of it. That's well, it I sounds like you, you're going to have been deeply distracted by multiple things all the way through this. Yes, I. Th- but uh, my uh, here's my take. Do you want, do you want sorry, to take my take first? Please do, please do. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, right? So it wasn't a big thing for me. I thought this film. Uh, I wasn't. I didn't have huge expectations. I think this is a very slightly thinly veiled reboot of the original Star Wars. Well, absolutely. Well, it's hugely. Um, uh, copying of A New Hope uh, a lot of things happen exactly the same yeah and some even some sort of big scenes some death scenes are really echoes of the yeah. it, too much so too much so and I did think that the cast were, were all good everyone goes on about Daisy Ridley yeah I think she's a bit too much like a sort of young Kira Knightley posh school girl yeah yeah I really thought the actually hasn't got as much credit who was brilliant was John Boyega, who I thought was amazing. I thought he was bringing that... I thought Star Wars was really good because it had that funniness from, that Han Solo brought yeah. in Star Wars. And John Boyega seemed to have that bit of charisma. He could do the jokes, couldn't he? Yeah, I thought was, he was really good. I, I thought that the whole thing, it felt as though I'd seen it before. I think it's never going to have the effect of the original Star Wars because it was such a new thing. And it's been copied since. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just a, a, a quite good... Uh, Phil, I know some people have... Oh, sorry, they're thanks about it. <laughs> Push I just need Buddy in the chin. He's all right, he's all right. Um, I think I agree with you on everything you've said there. I am a massive Star Wars fan, as in historically, nostalgically. We've talked about what Christmas was for us as a kid and how that's sort of locked in for the rest of your life. And for me, it was Star Wars. Um, absolutely loved it, loved getting the toys, loved getting the games, you know. I, I cannot change that now. Um... And to start on what was good, there was a lot to like about this film. Like, um, BB-8 is a wonderful addition. Uh, I think um, the people who created Wally had something to do with him. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, he, but BB-8, or her, I don't know the gender of BB-8, but it, um, very charming, great innovation, actually, in terms of uh, actual physical puppetry. Uh, to create this incredibly characterful droid that is brilliant. And I liked uh, everything it did. <laughs> um, and this does look like Star Wars again, now that the, compared to the prequels, um, which is very exciting to see it back, at least with the stuff that was really there. And some of the CGI uh, was sort of welcome, more of the environmental stuff than the actual CGI characters, which still, for me have so little charm compared I with a real thing. Agree, yeah, yeah. That said, I had serious problems with this with this film. Um in terms of I was not that excited all the way through. It, and not any point when did you, when did it lose you? Uh I loved I loved about the first 15 20 minutes and I tell you it lost me uh, with with you know with uh, Ray who I enjoyed was a great uh, new character to see you know her as a scavenger um, on a planet that seems to have been below some great battle we don't hear about and she was scavenging star destroyers and all of it. It's great fun, great fun stuff. Um, and then seeing uh, John Boyega playing Finn as a stormtrooper who doesn't want to live this life anymore. That was incredibly innovative, actually. has nothing to do with anything that was in A New Hope. Yeah. Um, and I was really excited by the idea of these two characters meeting and what's going to happen. For me, it lost it as soon as uh, the actors from The Raid entered uh, in the spaceship with Han Solo. 
and were instantly eaten by a CGI monster rather yeah. than doing any martial arts. These are the greatest martial artists in the world in terms of... Are they from the raid? They, they, from the, the entire raid? cast of the raid. The door's opened and the entire cast of the raid is there and they don't do a single martial arts move. It was so weird. And from that point onwards, it stopped being a film. Now, this is my even, serious even that Even that bit where the monster in the... where the tentacle monster... Yeah. It felt like it was a rip-off of the sort of... When they go down the chute to the bog, yeah. the, the uh, what's it called? The what? trash compactor. Yeah. This entire film, it wasn't a remake of uh, A New Hope because if it was a remake, it would have a story to it. It was taking every single element of Star Wars A New Hope, writing each of them on a post-it note, and shuffling them up again. So we had we had our bit with a young person who dreams of other stuff on a desert planet. We had our. Uh, We'll talk about it probably in a bit, but we had our mentor figure being killed. We had our triumphant arrival of a spaceship that saves the day. We had every single piece. We had that. We had someone doing the Jedi mind trick. We had everything, everything, just in a different order. Yeah. And my problem with it is J.J. Abrams is very good at beginnings. Yeah. If you remember the first fifteen minutes of the Star Trek movie, where. Um, Chris Hemsworth plays Kirk's dad and sacrifices himself in a space battle. Well, Super it's 8, electric film Super filmmaking. First half of that oh, as well, it's yeah. electric filmmaking, and and he's also very good at scenes. Scenes in isolation, like sketches, are excellent, and there's plenty of them in this film. There's the the scene where Ray is suddenly starts discovering she has latent Jedi powers in a the, the scene with the stormtrooper, who apparently is played by Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, it's a great scene. There's plenty of great scenes in it. There is absolutely no continuity um, of character and purpose or any subtext to any of this from scene to scene to scene. It is not a story. It's a shopping list. And it really worries me that everyone is loving this despite that. Like, I feel that the Marvel films and the Hobbit films and everything that you've uh, previously said you hate about um, big blockbusters and I've gone, I love them. I fear we've, uh, we're now so ingrained with this that we don't really need a story anymore to like something. Like, this is not a story at all. If you actually think, even for a moment, about any of the subtext, the story that's been told between the lines, it makes no sense at all. No character makes any sense. As I said at the beginning, uh, John Boyega's character of being a rogue stormtrooper is potentially brilliant, fascinating. We, what, we've never seen what the stormtroopers are like under the helmets. What, mm. How do they live? All of that stuff. That entire plotline was abandoned after 15 minutes and he became a man who had a cool jacket on. That was his character. I hope you're being fair. But I, be, I, I, don't, I do think there was some character development. Uh, I don't know if I agree with you on that. Um, my friend James Branch, who's been a guest on the show, and he's a big Star Wars fan, said, made a very good point when we spoke about it. And he said um, it felt as though there was no time. And I think that might be the thing. The, no time, everything was so rushed. But I don't think they... Two, it was two films in one film. Which I really don't think they, they were so token gestures towards that moment we've seen before in a film, so you know where we are. And they there wasn't actual genuine continuity of character or purpose or anything. People just did things for no reason because characters tend to do something a bit like this at this point in a film. And it was... We're going to talk about it now. If people who haven't seen it should have tuned out by now, big, so I make no apologies. The big spoiler. Um, Han Solo's character in this film has become utterly meaningless. And his death was similarly utterly meaningless really rushed and a copy of the Emperor and the em- well a and copy of that and also Obi-Wan dying at the end of uh, almost a completely copy of it but with no understanding of what it means for the character at all when we left uh, Han Solo at the end of Return of the Jedi he's now one of the good guys he's uh, got a romantic relationship with a princess he's a changed man we come back and we see him and Chewie being smugglers again they explained it with a single line fine He they, they brought up a kid it all went wrong their marriage fell apart she's now a general in the resistance and he's gone back to his old ways because he's run away from his responsibilities that's sad but believable we can believe Han Solo would be a crap dad um, and he would run away from his responsibilities that was the story for him they set up 
He then just goes into uh, Starkiller Base, the worst titled evil base of all time, mm. with the worst villain of all time, played by Donald Gleeson. He was panto I, shit I thought in this film. That, I thought he was terrible. Utterly abysmal. Like, oh my God, the worst acting I've why seen. They, why did they get him to do... Uh, I was surprised. Why didn't they just swap him with Max von Sydow, who would have made a great Imperial officer, and who was at the beginning in an entirely nonsensical role? We don't understand. They didn't bother explaining it. They moved on. Anyway, Han Solo then seemed to wander up to his evil son as an afterthought. There wasn't any intention, or we were told nothing. We were guided through nothing. And this is my main point about this: is not. Well, you know, it's Star Wars, it's for kids. You don't need this stuff. Yes, it, they're not mutually exclusive, and yes, you do. I was not, as an audience member, taken for a ride on this uh, on this film. I felt no tension, uh, no sadness, no joy, no nothing. Every single beat of the entire film was, isn't this awesome? Look at this awesome thing. It's X-Wings, they're awesome. Look at this new Stormtrooper, he's awesome. Look at this... Awesome. And it was all so superficial. The fact that uh, Han Solo, now a 60-70-year-old character, is going, Hey, Chewie, I like this gun you've got. When Chewie's had that gun the entire time he's known him. It's so... Han Solo endorses this toy. That's what it was. When we had their moment between Han and Leia talking to one another, seeing each other for the first time in a while, so we believe, the way they show that they have closeness is she says how cool his jacket is. It's also surface product based, and and there's no depth to any of I, it. I, and I, the originals had it; they did. I think the bar has just been set so low by the prequels that this is now a welcome return. Well, I enjoy. I I did enjoy it. I think these. Uh, what's interesting? I went to see watch the last time I saw the cinema for this was Carol. Right. And then and then going to see this, and Carol's got some great emotional scenes, but it's so slow. And the amount, almost five, you know, the entire film of Carol could have happened in five minutes of yeah. Star Wars. Right. And I did think my friend's point is exactly right. You need time. You need time. So it almost felt the hand solo moment could have been the end. The big bit should have been the hand. It wasn't even the, the climax of the film. But the problem, you're well, right. I, These things aren't given the, the time they need in order to do it. But also there's plenty of extraneous stuff that isn't needed in this film as well. Like there's loads of stuff where you're just like, why is this in here? The the entire sequence where uh, Finn and Ray are under the under the floor, just like another post-it note where they hide under the floor, um, and being chased around by some of the shittest monsters of modern blockbusters, you know, around those corridors, utterly being, unneeded. Um, I think you're being. I, mean, I hate action films, and I think maybe uh, maybe if I'm wrong, you're being more harsh on this because you love the franchise. I'm trying to find why. Um, reasons why are it, uh, what it could have done better but I'm telling you from a purely emotional point of view from a purely consumer point of view from an audience member's point of view it did not move me and took me on no journey therefore it's failed in my opinion what, what, what interesting comparison is for me is when you watch in the original Star Wars when they try and destroy the Death Star yeah and you've got all those the six pilots in their X, what are they called X-Wings, X-wings yeah and then almost the same thing happens in... Oh, the exact film. same thing. But for me, this is a key point, I think, which explains it, the difference. I sort of felt like those six people were quite... The X-Wing... In the original Star Wars, the X-Wing fighters all had personalities. Yeah, yeah. You know, you sort of felt for them. You sort of, Whereas this one, I didn't really no. feel... Well, it, that's because I... It was artless it's just... compared to the previous ones. It's, and it's interesting. The MacGuffin for the whole thing was... Luke Skywalker's gone missing, we need to find him. Now, I don't think I'm wrong. At no point did they really let us know why they needed to find him so badly. To the point where it was a, it was an, a side quest to destroy the planet that can destroy planets. Yes, you're But right. the greater goal was to find Luke Skywalker. For a, why? Why is that your priorities? We were never told why it mattered, and it's fine having a simple MacGuffin, absolutely, especially for an action film. It helps, but you have to understand what's at stake, and there was nothing at stake at all. What was at stake was a planet that destroys planets, and 
yet we were supposed to care about whether or not we found Luke Skywalker. Surely that's that's the biggest thing. That exactly, movie. and, the, and yeah. it was bigger than the Death Star, but it was three times the size. It was three times the size, and they were all so blasé about it. And, it. and exactly the same. Exactly the same. And despite the Death Star being destroyed by the, the Alliance Rebel Alliance fighters before, yeah. they hadn't put the security in place. No, it's still the, the same problem. Still the same problem. Um, and also, yeah, the, the shields could just be turned off by one of their soldiers. Um, yeah, I mean, none of it... It was all surfaces. And and to me, it sort of had the depth of a Chanel advert or an advert for Argos. It feels like just... They were always half adverts for toys. But this one felt so just like an advert for I'd, toys. I, enjoy, I did enjoy it, and I didn't think it was that bad as you... I give it seven Mariks. I just, I, I, I'm, I fear. I, I would give it probably. I enjoyed bits of it. As I say, I did not enjoy the ride. I think I'd give it probably six. But for me, p- people have been online. I've been sort of seeing what what people have been saying about it, and uh, uh, largely, it's overwhelmingly positive that people loved loved it. You know, um, and the, but there are plenty of people going, "Oh, this wasn't very good, was it?" Or that that didn't work. Or you know, it was a bit. But loosely what I've been saying myself but people have been saying but you know now that they've got the franchise back on track they can now do greater things with it it's currently and, and I don't think that is possible because if you the exact same thing happened and the exact same things were said after Star Trek um, when J.J. Abrams rebooted it the first one is the most timid backwards looking film having a time travel narrative that even has Leonard Nimoy in it in order to seemingly buy permission from the fans to recast these characters. They felt the need to do that, fine. But everyone, again, after that film said, yeah, but now they've done that, they can go anywhere, they can do anything, they can mm. do brand new, brilliant stories. What do they do with the second one? They do an incredibly shit remake of Wrath of Khan. They get even less bold. And that's my fear, that we reward them with its huge financial success for being timid, and then expect them to be bold next time? No, they're going to play it as safe as possible until it dies again. But it's the thing, it's, it's, it's for J.J. Abrams, you know, Disney bought it, everyone's been quite well documented, for £4 billion. Yeah. It's a huge amount of pressure. Was he, that script probably had to go through loads of twats. Sure. To go, sure. here's what we're going to do. $4 billion worth of twats. That's the whole of Disney on the line, pretty yeah. much. If yeah, totally. Don't, oh no, don't. I, I don't. I don't blame writers or directors for these things. The process has created what we have now watched, and it will make one billion. I reckon this. Uh, incidentally, for people who play our IMDb game, yes. Well, I looked. Um, Star Wars: The Force Awakens was uh, number twenty in the top two hundred and fifty. It's dropped to twenty-two now. Twenty-two. So, for people who want to get IMDb scores, you're going to have to go and watch it. Well, that's it. It's but you know this happened when the Phantom Menace came out let's not forget the Telegraph gave the Phantom Menace five stars Empire Magazine gave the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones five stars Um, total film the same the mania subsides and then people start actually going oh did I like it as much but I think it's good I, I I think I think no one can argue it's the fourth best Star Wars film but the gulf between the previous third and fourth best Star Wars film is so enormous we'll we'll all disagree on where it's pitched in that gap well why don't you if you're got, if it's you, you're, not, you're not with this is after Christmas or you're bored of your family at Christmas you can write to us and tell us what you think yeah how do people do that our email address is dearfilmfandango at gmail.com as we've said please don't post on Facebook uh, about this you can post about other things forward slash filmfandango but please don't post any spoilers on our Facebook page about Star Wars also you can tweet us if you like at filmfandango at Mr David Reed, or at Marek Larwood I'm aware that I may not be saying uh, things that will be popular because there's nothing worse than somebody picking holes in something that you've actually really enjoyed. But it's ha- it left me cold, I'm afraid. I'm really looking for. I hope, I hope against hope, that they do something really fun with Ray and BB-8 and Finn. I think all the new characters are great. I really like Adam Driver. Like again, yes, he's great. The, it, but whenever these little things came out that were not from A New Hope, 
it was exciting. Like the fact that he wasn't a clone of Darth Vader as a character. He was a furious one who had temper tantrums. That's new and scary. The idea of someone that powerful having tem- mm. temper tantrums, you know? And they had the little joke with the stormtroopers That's seeing really him funny. walk away. It's great. My favourite line of the whole thing um, was a very funny joke where... Uh, Han and Leia are reunited uh, for the first time in ages and they're doing that, you know, sort of gooey-eyed look between each other. Then suddenly C-3PO comes in between and goes, Oh, hello, sir. It's me, C-3PO. You probably didn't recognise me because of my red arm. (laughs) Incredible line. Incredible line. Um, There's a lot to love, as I say. I just hope a story can get back into it. I fear because all big blockbusters of the last ten years haven't had good stories. I fear whatever process they're all using, the Avengers films including The Hobbit, all of these, the process is killing story somewhere along the way. Don't be scared in 2016, David. You know what? I The things I really dislike about this film, I've tolerated in the Avengers films, and I've probably marked them up because I don't give a shit about superheroes. So I've been happy with that being a sort of slightly inept, clumsy ride. Mm. I do I wish I didn't because I'm an adult now but I do care about Star Wars it's it, it I can't not and and this to me was slightly disappointing but you know well there you it's go. a hell of a it's a hell of a lot better than the prequels I hope you haven't had a disappointing Christmas listeners no uh, we will be back next week with our rundown of our favorite films of 2015 so join us then but in the meantime keep, keep watching the films. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.